Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, June 18th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we are back and maybe not better than ever, but we're back <laughs> um, after a uh, after the week off following the Tonys. Fortunately, we had some news, but nothing, you know, major. But was it resting or restful and relaxing for you, James? Well, you know... I spent uh, one at least one of the days talking to Robbie Rizal. I'm sorry I didn't bring you in on that. I just wanted to give you your space. You know, I didn't want to hound you, text you too much after, you know. Yeah, it's like a breakup. We're going yeah. through a, a period when we're on a break. No, um, yeah, you talked with, with Robbie last week, and I actually interviewed Laura Osnes, um, and that'll be coming. Sorry, I didn't tell you about that. What? Um, <laughs> that I'll trade be... you, Robbie, for Laura. Come on. I'm staying out of that. They are both <laughs> lovely human beings on the inside and out. Um, but my interview with Laura will be coming up on Wednesday, talking about uh, the fact that the band or uh, the band's visit, Bandstand, Boys in the Band, I can't come straight. The fact that Bandstand is coming to movie theaters nationwide on the 25th and 28th of this month. So we'll have that conversation coming out on Wednesday. So I don't know. I, I think that's an even thing. Robbie and Laura, they're the same stature in the theater community. Oh, bandstand, getting the band back together. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. There's too many band shows. Too many band. Uh, sure. And so, uh, yeah, we are getting back into the swing of things. And uh, we had a This Week on Broadway come out on Sunday. We talked to Frank Verlizzo, who is known as Fravor in the Broadway community, who uh, is uh, been making uh, show card uh, artwork for shows for five decades, and uh, just and I've known Frank for you know, twenty some odd, almost thirty years. Wow! And uh, so it was a great conversation with Peter and Michael. We talked about what did we talk about? We talked about the royal family of Broadway yeah. at up at Barrington Stage Company, and uh, and then we talked about the boys in the band. We talked about desperate measures which got two thumbs up from peter and uh so it was a fun show it was good to get back together after our week hiatus uh for the tony awards very cool yeah lots lots of good stuff going on and we're heading into the summer where things are starting to get ramped up once again all right so uh first up in the news we got some broadway news to catch up on don't we Yes, we do. James, first and foremost, I know the thing that is probably the most exciting for you. The Roundabout Theater Company announced last week that their previously announced revival of Kiss Me Kate will begin performances on Valentine's Day of 2019 and will play a limited run through June 2nd at Studio 54. We'll see about that. Um, Scott Ellis will direct. Warren Carlyle will choreograph and Paul Gemignani will music direct. Uh, now, James, this one is interesting. Normally, you know, the first preview dates and you know whatever that's not that super interesting but as we've discussed before many people assumed that beautiful would be ending its run renting at the Stephen Sondheim theater from RTC either around Labor Day or maybe in January after the holidays and that Kiss Me Kate would go into that house potentially for an open-ended run leaving Studio 54 available for other limited runs for roundabout now that clearly is not happening it's going into Studio 54 at least initially as a limited run um, but I wouldn't be, I, well, I'll say it this way. I would be shocked if Kiss Me Kate does not extend past June 2nd, um, as, as logically that will most likely be before the Tony Awards. Um, 
And it could even be made open-ended should Beautiful announce closing, freeing up the Sondheim for RTC to put some of their other shows in there. But to me, James, this says more about what Beautiful is planning than it does necessarily about what RTC and Kiss Me Kate are planning. That is uh, really interesting as well. Um, I I wonder, I'm I'm trying to think about, uh, you know, what are the producerial benefits of 54 versus uh, the Stephen Sondheim if one of them has a leg up on the other? I don't necessarily think that there's a, a huge benefit either way. What do you think? Well, they're they're almost identical in size. I think there's literally like the official published seating capacity is like one seat off between them. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just that fit, Studio 54 is a little further off the beaten track, maybe. Um, other than that, like I don't I mean, I think they're both fairly well kept. I think they're both, um, you know, they're like I said, they're the same size. They're beautiful houses. I don't know about the technological benefits of one over the other but and you know from the house management side they seem to both have you know to be fairly comparable other than the fact that you know studio 54 is on 54th street so it's you know at the you know kind of the edge of what would be considered uh you know the theater district so ibdb has studio 54 at 1006 seats and it has a sondheim at 1055 seats oh okay well i was but, close. I was wrong. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a thousand six and a thousand five. But yeah, close enough. Um, but you know they kind of rebuild that that orchestra area at Studio Fifty Four as for whatever the show needs. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the orchestra pit is like uh, for oh. the Stephen Sondheim. I think the Stephen Sondheim Orchestra are they in a different room? I think I I can't I don't really know. remember. I can't either. I, can't, I am. Yeah, I am planning going and seeing Beautiful this uh, this week, so uh, I'll report back after I see it. Hmm. All right. So yeah, um, you know, dependent upon what happens with uh, Beautiful, if anything happens with Beautiful, then you know, uh, Roundabout Theater Company's got a few options there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on to some other Broadway news. In the press room, following their Tony's sweep, the producers of the band's visit confirmed a long gestating rumor that Sassoon Gabay, who originated the role of Tufik in the film version of the band's visit, will be taking over the role on Broadway beginning on June 26th. This is something that had been rumored and even reported in, in the Israeli press, but the production would not confirm or deny that until after they won a slew of Tonys and Tony Shalhoub, now a Tony winner, was no longer officially with the production. The production is very coy about what, uh, or at least had been in the lead up to the Tonys, about what Tony Shalhoub's performance schedule was. But it does appear as of now that he is officially done with the show, moving full time into his responsibilities for filming The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And in some other casting news, last week, the complete cast was announced for the upcoming Broadway uh, Broadway bow of King Kong, the musical, including Eric Lochtefeld, who will be playing Lumpy, which has to be the worst dwarf name in the history <laughs> of dwarfs, James. So, uh, so soon, goodbye. Uh, taken over this role, uh, having played it in the in the film, uh, I think that's interesting. Other than he's seventy years old, yeah, it's uh, it's a little weird. A little weird, yeah, sure, absolutely. Huh. And yeah. I I expect I express my love for Katrina Link as well in the uh, this week on Broadway. So, um, hmm. 
and I will say, I will say, speaking of Tufik, many people were upset at me that I forgot there, that that Tony Shalhoub does sing one song, or the the, two, the character sings one song in uh, in the band's visit. It's that prayer, and I'm not going to mispronounce yeah. the 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 name. Um, I honest, I honestly don't remember that at at all happening in the show. So I don't know if he more. Rex Harrison did when I saw it. I literally do not remember that ever happening. I've seen the video, so I know it happens. Yeah. I, I I believe you. I have less than zero rec- uh, recollection of it actually happened. Mm-hmm. So I apologize. I uh, I was wrong, uh, but I I believe you that it happened. I just don't remember. It's a lot of uh, social media outrage about uh, somebody winning uh, leading actor in a musical that doesn't sing. So I I went with you and and you know. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the band's visit. I can't remember the song either. Yeah, I stand by my my overall uh, statement, though. I'm not I'm not backing down from that. I still think that if we want to call it singing, awesome. Um, I still think that um, it was a it was a wrong step. I, I think it was it, it would it's it was even worse that they nominated Diana Rigg. Hmm. Uh, but whatever, I want to do clear up that factual error that I apparently made. All right, so let's move on to the second two in the script. Uh, a teenager. Well, it goes one, two, three, two. Well, I know, three. but I just was yeah, trying to keep it organized. Sorry. Use A, B's, and C's on the subs. Oh, yeah, probably. anyway. Uh, so, Tina Turner musical eyeing a Broadway transfer. Now, uh, wow, um, I-, I thought this was already a done deal. It's it's not. It had never been announced as such, but last week, uh, Michael Riedel, coming back to his kind of original roots over at the New York Post, he published an article saying that the transfer is uh, practically imminent for the Tina Turner musical, or Tina colon the musical, starring Adrian Warren, to transfer from London to New York as soon as this fall. The reviews for not only Warren, but the show itself were dazzling over in the West End. Now, Clearly, London critics tend to have different um, standards than Broadway critics as things do well here and not so much there and vice versa. But Michael Riedel actually says that he is pretty much guaranteeing that if this show transfers, Adrian Warren will not only be nominated for a Tony, but will win a Tony, having previously been nominated for Shuffle Along. Um, They also, you know, kind of talk about the fact that you draw the comparisons between Tina colon the musical and summer colon the Donna summer musical summer is selling over a million dollars a week and it got ravaged by the critics. London critics at least appreciated the show, enjoyed the show named it a star turning role for Adrian Warren. And I, we've talked about this before, James, I don't see any reason why the same can't be said um, for what is keeping summer afloat. I don't think that that would be any different for Tina Turner, maybe I'm, you know, because they're kind of from the early days of my cultural awareness, maybe I'm equating them too much together and maybe they have very different uh, followings. But I would imagine that many people who see Summer would also like to see Tina Turner. Uh, and, and we have Cher coming in. Yep, so, absolutely. Uh, in that and, same, and then, same era. And Jagged Little Pill, which is maybe. not so much a biomusical of Alanis Morissette, but... Certainly women on Broadway uh, taking taking the lead here. You know, it makes you think that with all these bio musicals in 20 or 30 years, are we going to have Katy Perry musicals? You know, Uh, Uh, T. T Swift on Broadway. I was 
I would say Le- I would say Lady Gaga would be more likely. Lady Gaga, uh, yeah. Yeah, Lady Gaga would probably be more likely than either of those two. But what's nice to see about Tina Cole and the musical um, directed by a woman, directed by Phyllida Lloyd, who, of course, directed a little show that had some success on the Broadway as a jukebox musical called Mamma Mia. So uh, she definitely knows how to make these uh, shows appealing and definitely long lasting. Hmm. All right. So what do we got in the recce, recce, reckies? I, you know, my Mia Culpa with uh, Tony Shalhoub singing is not the only Mia Culpa that I'm going to have on this episode. Hmm. I was very critical of a little show called Head Over Heels, mainly because the lead producer annoys the ever-loving snot out of me. She she annoys the goop out of you. Yes, she annoys the goop out of me. (laughs) I was very critical. People were very upset at me. I never said anything bad about the show, just that. Well, I think I probably did. I thought it was a very strange and odd concept. But I will say Head Over Heels released some footage, obviously, of the San Francisco run ahead of its Broadway premiere. It will start preview performances this Saturday. And it looks granted it's a very well edited B-roll, but it looks absolutely delightful and it looks like so much fun. Um, And I've. I've said this on social media, like I wish I would have planned my trip a little differently because I would have definitely tried to come and see that show. So I'm hoping that it is still around when I come back in the fall and I hope it does well because it looks like just so much fun. And I've talked about before, I kind of changed my tune once they started announcing some of the cast members because I think the cast is super interesting and super talented. But um, this first look is is fantastic. Um, So check that out in the show notes. Another thing I don't want to spend a lot of time on because it would end up with me bashing a beloved star of stage and screen and getting more people mad at me than my Tony Shalhoub take did. But um, Neil Patrick Harris apparently, air quote time, apologized to Rachel Bloom for uh, his bad mouthing of her uh, during the Tony Awards, which we talked about last week, James. He also went and gave a post office box for people to send him birthday presents. So, uh <laughs> I don't I don't really know what that's all about. But uh, so he, he did apologize. So I wanted to bring that story full circle. She accepted it was much more in the variety of a I'm sorry I offended you apology than an actual. Hey, maybe I shouldn't be bad mouthing people on TV to my millions and millions of followers. But. Whatever, he did it. OK, Matt, what else do we have today? Thank you for moving on quickly. Okay, in other news, following an injury to star and soul cast member Carrie Mulligan, the off-Broadway production of Girls and Boys has adjusted its performance schedule. Beginning last Wednesday and running through tonight, all of the performances were canceled except for matinees over the weekend. In return, the production added nine more performances onto the end of the run, effectively extending it through July 22nd. They also altered the playing schedule uh, for each of the weeks, so you can check out that full and updated schedule in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Sticking off-Broadway last week, the new group announced its 2018 and 2019 schedule, which will include The True by Char White, starring Edie Falco, Michael McKeon, and Pete. Peter Peter Scolari that will come this fall. What a great cast that is. That will be followed also in the fall by the world premiere of the jukebox musical adaptation of Clueless, as if, and the play Daddy by Jeremy O'Harris, starring Alan Cumming, will hit the stage in the winter of next year. 
in more star casting. Two-time Tony nominee David Alan Greer will play Daddy Warbucks in the Michael Arden-directed Hollywood Bowl production of Annie next month. And stage and screen star Stephen Weber will play FDR. I kind of assumed he would be playing Rooster when I saw his name in the press release, but he's playing FDR. No one has been announced to play Rooster yet. Over on TV, the Disney Channel announced last week that their film version of the Kitten Yorkie Freaky Friday musical starring Heidi Blickenstaff will premiere on the channel on August 10th of this year. And while that might be too far out for your cable system to allow you to set your recording, you can set your DVR for tonight as Josh Gad will be joining James Corden for a London edition of Crosswalk the Musical where they will be taking on the Phantom of the Opera. Corden, of course, will play the Phantom. Gad, of course... We'll play Christine Daae. <laughs> Some really funny pictures. Uh, and finally, news broke last week that Tony nominee Jeremy Jordan will move from a series regular, as he has been for the first three seasons, to recurring status on TV's Supergirl. He has said online that he's not going to mention anything about this until after the season finale airs tonight so that he doesn't spoil anything. But the showrunners have already said that they already have stories planned for his character win uh, in this fall that they're currently breaking and writing right now. So I'm hoping that if I read between the lines, they said they have stuff planned for him this fall. Maybe Jeremy has some sort of other obligations potentially on stage that could necessitate this move in the winter. So maybe I know nothing. I'm just speculating that maybe he has something he needs to be not in Vancouver for beginning sometime in 2019. That would be that would be very nice. So if you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Do you think maybe in the fall he'll play Tufik? Well, if they're trying to balance out the ages of him, yeah, of uh, Sassoon Goodbye, you know, they can, it'll probably work. <laughs> All right. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And I will tell you, uh, I just kind of mentioned it. We will have a normal episode tomorrow, but pretty much by the time it comes out, I will already be on my way to the airport to fly up to New York. So if you want to follow along with all of my NYC adventures, definitely hit me up at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. And uh, Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. ¶¶